Welcome to Pivot with Greta Scholes, a conversation with business executives on changes in their business and what they've done when those things happen. Welcome. And I'm going to introduce uh, Donald Kelly today. I, I, you know, you guys are going to be completely impressed with Donald. He has a similar business to mine. He does sales training, and he has a company called The Sales Evangelist. But what's so interesting about Donald is, and as you all know, the name of this podcast is Pivot, and I'm sure he has some of those. But what's so interesting about Donald is I met him years ago. He was literally a puppy. I mean, he was so young when I met him. And I remember him coming up to me after a talk that I did and saying, this is, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a sales trainer. I'm going to open this business. You know how many times I hear people say that? I mean, if I had that uh, a nickel for every time, I'd be living on the beach. But this guy has pursued that and gone after it. And he just invited me to be on a panel of a wonderful event that he did. So it's really interesting to me to have Donald. I'm proud to have him on this podcast because I've watched him, you know, from afar. I've watched him grow over the years. So welcome, Donald. Greta, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, it was definitely fun going to see you every time and and picking your brain and getting a chance to learn from you and taking the stuff that I learned and applying it to the, going back to the office and applying it. So, um, thank you. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the difference with somebody like you. There's an awful lot of people out there that, you know, get, and, and you know this as well as I do, they say, I want to get some tips, right? And they mm -hmm. take a couple of little tips. What you do, the difference between somebody, I think, who's good at their business and somebody who's really excels and really great at their business is someone who says, I'm going to take this back and I'm going to apply it. And I think that's really the difference. And I think most people don't do that. So talk a little bit about, you uh kind of how you started a little bit about your background and what's brought you to today because it's very interesting so growing up as a kid I, I grew up in jamaica i moved to florida when i was nine and i bring that up because of just the the mentality and the the the, the situation that i grew up with like in jamaica it's a third world country um and you are you can get it, one of the greatest things with Jamaica's export is people like people come you know, they have great education, but people go to U.S. or to Canada or to U.K. to take advantage of opportunities. So folks who are in Jamaica, you can go apply for a job. It's not like they're going to be a bunch of jobs out there. So people have to create their own jobs. So that's how I always saw it, Greta. Like you create something and you make it happen. Like if you want money, you become a businessman. <laughs> and saw my dad. <laughs> but you don't talk like that. But that was no, funny. mom. I can't chat like a Jamaican sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> but my dad, uh, my aunt, my mom, like cousins, relatives, people. I, I saw people do stuff from. You know, being a the, the roasted peanut guy to people having like a, a little sh a shop or a tienda at their house, you know, where you know people could come basically like a little convenience store. To my aunt who went to the U came to the U.S., bought products and took them back, clothes, shoes, and things like that, and and uh, and, and so everyone around me, that's how we perform. So trans, uh, so let's fast forward when I came to the U.S. as a nine year old and I wanted to get extra money. What did I decide to do? Well, you become a businessman. So whether that's selling, <laughs> selling candy at school uh, in middle school or going to, um, you know, finding opportunities, connecting with people at church who, you know, spring cleaning time, we created, my buddies and I created spring cleaning businesses and did stuff for folks. And it was all these type of things that just kept me going, like that, that mentality. So fast forward now even further, going into college, I didn't know that it was sales, Greta. I just saw it as being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And one of my buddies was like, you should consider getting a job in sales. And I was like, 
interesting. <laughs> um, so I started, uh, I worked as, uh, I went and applied, um, took his advice. He was like an older, he was a junior and, and he was a roommate. So I took his advice. I got started working at Dish Network. It was my first gig um, selling Dish Network over the phones. And then I went to the timeshare presentations where selling. Oh, the, wow. Well, actually selling, the, getting people to go to the meetings. Right. Um, but that's a tough gig. That's a tough yeah. gig. Yeah. It was a it was inside sales. Now today they call it BDR, but it was that's what you were doing. You're just calling and dialing for dollars. <laughs> um, and then after that, I got start became a server in a restaurant, and then I finally got into some more bigger things where I sold IT training classes for a company that's local to the Florida area, West Palm Beach. You're no longer around. It's called CompTech, um, yeah. and we're selling stuff to city, county governments, and to um, individuals and that progressed and it got me a taste of like the you know the good stuff selling to businesses so when i graduated i had another opportunity and i did door-to-door security sale one semester uh one summer in college and that was uh we went to indiana full commission <laughs> and you're selling security door-to-door it was interesting i made pretty good money um and uh it, it all this catapulted me to wanting to go further so i got a job back home here in florida working in the x-ray the mobile x-ray services to senior care facilities throughout the state wow. um and that was fun uh, my friend's dad's company and i came and they recruited me out of college to do that and then from there i went in to manage it services and that's where i met you because then i started going to the like the chamber events and started going to places where i can increase and improve my skills because i was so confused on linkedin greta everyone was saying get on linkedin get on linkedin <laughs> i was like what is this what do you do right <laughs> Um, and then they're like about Twitter, to be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like network, and I'm like, what is networking? Like, I I knew like it, what it's just so felt so ambiguous, um, and I really needed direction. So that's when I started to really like f- uh, seek out folks because the B two C side. I got a hang of that in college, doing that for like four years. When you got into yeah. the B2B world, I got kicked in the face um, and I really needed some help. And that's wow. when I you know, started to refine the skills and learn that the, how to sell in a B2B setting. And that helped me go further. And um, f- yeah. uh, following that experience, did manage IT services. Then um, the company I was with, unfortunately, had some layoffs. Um, and then I, through the networking that I was doing, someone told me about another job um, doing software. And that's when I converted over to software sales and absolutely loved it and did pretty well there. Um, and yeah, then started a podcast uh, from sharing the experiences from stuff that I was learning in school to the first little gigs and then all the way up to my software selling um, experiences. How long have you been doing the podcast now? Since 2012. So this year wow. is 12, 10 years. Will it be 11 years this year, technically. And did people really know what a podcast was back oh, then? Oh, come on. No way. <laughs> right. I mean, I think you had me on it early on. And, and yeah. uh, the marketing guy that I had working for me at the time was like, yeah, this is a great opportunity. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> Showing my age. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, right? I mean, I, there's only a handful. There were four podcasts in the sales world, I think, at that point. Four to five. Oh my gosh. And I said, oh there's no God. room for another one. There's absolutely no room. And I'm um, grateful that we did. And um, since then, it's opened up a lot of doors, as you can, you know, as you know, and it's a great way to connect and to learn. And, and it was a selfish way, too, a little bit. Um, one, I wanted to share what was working. But two, getting a chance to sit down with someone like you, Greta, or whether it was going to meet with like uh, like uh, Gittimer or Jill Conrath. I'm like, man, I get 30 minutes with these people to ask right. them whatever I want to help improve my sales skills because I'm still selling software. So um, that's what Amazing. I did. But it so happened that other people liked it as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, and by the way, let's go ahead and say the name of that. Let's go ahead and give that. Um, yeah. we'll do, and we'll do it along the way. But yeah, it's called a sales evangelist. Yeah, so you can find sales it evangelist, and, it, and it's very, very popular. It's a great podcast, and uh, if you're interested in sales at all, which so many people that are listening to this are, you know, they should they should check it out. Thank you. So a couple of things that you said I thought were interesting and I was typing as you were talking because I was taking notes. (laughs) When you said dial for dollars, now that's, you know, an old term, but, and as much as I think people really hate doing that, what a great training ground, right? I mean, it really, truly, if you had the ability um, to do that, if you could figure out how to get past the, you know, rejection, the feeling of uncomfortableness, hanging up, you know, now today it's much more difficult because people don't even answer the phone. Uh-huh. But the ability to to do that dial for dollars thing, I think there's no better training ground. To me, it's like a boot camp. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you don't do it today, but what are your thoughts on, on what that brought, brought you? Yeah, it's, it's very, it brought a lot. Um, so give a little bit more preference to this too. And one of the things that you mentioned there, and I put a little note, is around the, like, the, that preparation ground and how it just, you, you, you overcome your fear of rejection. It's one of the best ways to do it, um, for individuals. Yeah. So let's go back to my experience. Um, I didn't put this in there because it doesn't, I didn't classify it as a sales experience, but it by far was a sales experience. Um, I'm uh, a Latter-day Saints or LDS, um, folks might call us, you know, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, right. Mormons, whatever. So we go out uh, for two years. So I went to Detroit for two years, knocking on doors, selling, quote unquote, religion, <laughs> so to speak. But, for that, free, but you know? that is, it's <laughs> yeah. a form of sales, obviously, of course. Yeah. So. You have a message, you're trying to articulate that message, you're trying to grab attention and so forth. So then this rejection idea wasn't that bad for me. So now when I started college, it was like, okay, if you get rejected, it wasn't a big deal because you know after you go out and knock for a certain number, uh, t- certain number of time, you're going to get opportunities and you just, you know, just kind of roll with the punches. Don't take yeah. it too personal. Right. So right. fast forward, when I got into sales and going out to a school like Brigham Young, there's a lot of folks who did that. So there, you know, a lot of individuals are entrepreneurials and, and that's the door to door security sale business, uh, really strong out there. Um, to recruit a lot from those universities. But the, the point though with it, like all of those led to it. So when you, when I was making these phone calls and doing a dial for dollar thing, yeah, I mean, I don't care who you are. You're human. You're going to have the, the, you know, those rejections that kind of like sting a little bit, but you just know you can get up and move on because you know, there's an opportunity out there. There's somebody out there who need what you have to offer. And the way I like to look at it is like, we, like no one's that for the majority of people that are out selling, like, just like, you know, scamming people, they have solutions that can benefit organizations. And I like to sell things that I believe in, that I feel yes. strongly about. Yes. And when I have that motive and that, ex- you know, excitement coupled with a why to, you know, maybe it's like a down payment or whatever it was, like that's motivating you or motivating me, like those things help me to be able to go sell that product because I want to find those people. So I look past those rejections, dialing for dollars to help me. But the other thing would do for dialing, dialing for dollar days, is that it refine your messaging and your skills. You can yes. role play, and I'm a big believer in role play. Yes. There's nothing, uh, Mike Tyson, the great philosopher said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> uh, uh, 
So everyone knows what they want to do, but then when you actually get out and do it, you find yourself running into difficulties. In those situations, what we want to make sure, what, what happens though, is that you're, as you're doing the, you're making a lot of phone calls, you refine. You learn from the no's. You learn from what they don't want to hear. You learn from the things that didn't quite, uh, you know, hit properly. You learn how to, you know, to, to, to sound confident, um, and so forth. And that's where I've saw, that's how I saw it refine my skills. Um, so I always, even my BDRs right now, we're a big believer in doing phone outreach. We're not just aimlessly calling random lists. We have a focus and we are, you know, we're prepared and we target these accounts that we're going after. But they, by them getting on the phones, we've seen, we, you know, we've done so many tests, not only with clients, but also internally, but that makes the difference um, once they're making those dials and making calls and practicing refining. Um, it's, it's just, it's a great, great learning ground. It truly is. And I think the key is you stuck with it. You figured it out because that is what it's about. I mean, there we don't have a perfect, you know, whatever the word is, pitch or whatever. Um, no matter what anybody tells you, even if they give you a script, I'm a big believer in, but you can start out with an outline, but you have to put mm -hmm. your own personality and style in it, right? So what you did, it sounds like, is you figured out for you what worked and then you helped others train them what would work for them and it may not be the exact same words that you use but you figured out what was good and what was bad and you know and worked with that and i think that's just huge i mean that's really the key to it because so many people give up because they don't understand it's, it, it feels so bad so yeah. i think one of them is figuring out really doing enough and figuring out what to do but I, the other part you talked about is you know you don't see it as rejection. You see it getting to the, you know, let me, it, I'm getting to my goal and that person is now, okay, they're out of the way. Let me go to the next person. And, mm -hmm. and that belief in your head, which it sounds like your upbringing, you know, afforded you that, that belief is what brings you forward because your belief, as you know very well, will will hold you back or will bring you forward. And yeah. I think really that's that's huge. Oh, uh, by far. Um, and and I, I find that um, in the pandemic, we had a training program. We partnered with an organization called the Pacific Institute, and we did a program called the um, it was a mindset, high performance mindset for high performing sales professionals. Um, and one of the things that was fascinating by that was as we did the program, it wasn't a sales training program in a traditional sense, like teaching you how to, you know, block or tackle. It, it was more tactics, about. Right. Yeah, it was more like the mindset, like understanding the science of how we think. And it's crazy how many of these people, like when you sat with them, Greta, and you go through it, they knew what to do. They knew what to say. They knew the process, but they just didn't do it. And when you found out why, it was because of the loom and doom of the pandemic, the yes. fear, the depressions that were going around, the mental fatigue. Is it, Am I going to have my job in six months or yes. what's going to happen in the world? And what, if you could have your, and that's why I always go back and uh, Mark Hunter has a great show and great book all around mindset as well. But you, if you can have your clear mind, have a clear why, the belief, um, it can help you. It's, it's the fuel that's going to help you to do anything. And you and I have probably seen those people who just, they're stellar sellers, but once they got messed up in the head, it just threw them off and they so wanted true. to perform. So. so true. And you know, you look at um, the, uh, the gymnast, what is her name? Mm -hmm. I'm losing it right now. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, right? She was... I, yeah. I know. I, oh my goodness! I, we're, we're all, everyone is listening to this. Like Donald, everybody's <laughs> yelling it out right now because they all know who we're talking about. So, um, ah, anyway, yes. everybody knows. It's going to hit you me. You think in a second. it? But let me know. But my <laughs> point is, she talked a lot about 
you know, she was having those uh, in the Olympics, having those events. She said, this is a mindset. She knew. Mm-hmm. And she was 100% right. And people, I know people all over the world watching that were like, I totally get that. That happens to me. Because it happens to everyone. Your brain, what you think about, has so much to do with that. So much. Simone. Simone Bile. Yeah. That's it. Simone Bile. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for everybody, I'm sure, yelling at this podcast as well. Yes. So as you went along, you know, to me, you're a little bit of an anomaly because so many people that I talk to, they have a plan and they go along a particular way and then something happens and they pivot or they shift. For you, it seems like you stuck with your guns, but do you have something in your, in your business life that you said, wait a minute, I need to shift this or change that? Do you really have that? Oh yeah, by far. Um, because I, one of the things you learn from, you know, as you, you know, this is an entrepreneur, I, I started off with a funnel wide open because I didn't really start a business. I started just sharing what was working. And because of that, because I started a hobby, it evolved. So from the <laughs> gate, from the jump, sales was very wide. I thought that, you know, I was like, oh, well, I, I did B2C sales. I did this type of sale. I'm sure anyone that's in sales, I had marketing and sales. If you go back to very, very beginning of the podcast, it was like marketing and sales because I studied marketing in school. So I was like, yeah, I want to interview marketing and sales professionals. So it was wide open. And then what I saw over the t- uh, years is that because I was so wide, I wasn't really getting the, you know, business, like people listening to the podcast and started to grow, but then it wasn't like really refined. So then we started refining to not marketing, but then sales, we had to pivot on that. And then even doing sales, I was like, uh, it wasn't quite jabbing uh, because here's what the the reality of people started to reach out and ask if I can do coaching and speaking. But I started getting a bunch of, you you know, when you start off a business, you start doing all kinds of odd and off and odd and off jobs. You do anything, right? Yeah. It was like some marketing stuff and some sales (laughs) stuff. And I was like doing a little bit. I'm like, what is this? And then it was a speaker because I love to speak. And I did pretty well with Toastmasters. So then it was like, okay, maybe I'm a speaker. And I remember that was like, it was really hard on that one. I went to Dreyfus here in locally in South Florida and I did speech and debate and I love speaking. So I was like, maybe I'm going to be a, it's maybe it's motivational speaker emphasis on sales. And uh, I, I just qu- couldn't fi- quite figure it out. But I knew my love, I love speaking, but it wasn't my thing that was going to be the main thing. I really liked the sales side of the house, the education, the business side of that to create the organization. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, I had to pivot. So then 20, so the, the people that were reaching out to me were like, you know, individual contributors and they were asking, you know, questions and then the entrepreneurs. So I had to make the hard decision to say, we're stop doing like focusing on speaking because you're confusing people. Focus on the sales organization. And as a natural byproduct, we still got a lot of speaking gigs. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I really I, just I, I focused. Yeah. Um, so I had to pivot there. And then the final pivot came when we said, all right, we're really focusing on, and this, and this happened, like we're in this process right now where we're pivoting to focus just, and you can see from the conference we had focusing on two, two things. One, helping people build sales pipeline through business development, through outreach, and then the final, and then we help them convert that. But the main component we see that bring people in, everyone has problems. People don't come to you and say, I have a problem with closing. Every sales professional think they can close great. But what what they they say, if I can get in front of enough people, I can create the opportunities. And we, so we've pivoted and focused on B2B sales professionals in the, Typically, they're selling some kind of technology, but we get people from other industries yes. and or software SaaS, and they're looking to get pipeline, like build sales pipeline. Yes. We could felt that was our superpower, so we can focus on it. So tw- over over these years, we've 
widen that wide funnel. We've had to pivot and toss and t- change and and abandon things. And uh-huh. we even literally this past week, Greta, on um, Monday, we mm-hmm. took off two things, three programs off our website, um, and we just. We went down skinny, just looking at the data, looking at where people were buying, looking at what people wanted, and we just pivoted to focus just on the things that, you know, that, that's, that's helping. So even though I'm not necessarily pivoting in the sense that we're changing industries and business, we're pivoting our business model, um, the business and what we're doing, um, how we're going out to market and who we're going for, um, and refining that. And over the years, we've had to um, in order to be able to survive. Um, fortunately, during COVID, most of our stuff, we were doing stuff remotely already. So we didn't have impact with that. Um, but, you know, we still had to, you know, fix up our programs to make them even more effective for online learning. Uh, because instead of just like a Zoom meeting, it was now let's create online curriculum. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so some of those things have done, and, and this year is we're really pumped for some of the changes that we're doing and the way that we're, uh, quote unquote, pivoting our, our business. Well, I love that. And I think, like you, you said, you know, you just, just took a few things off your website. You know, that to me is one of those things that a lot of people don't understand. And I think, I think businesses in general, whatever business you're in, you know, if they do something, it works well, and it's, you know, it's always work, don't change it. And, and people laugh at that and they go, oh, no, you can't do that. But they do that because, again, back to our belief is it's always worked, so that's the way you have to do it. And, yeah. and what you've done is said, let me take a 10,000 foot view of this and see what's working, what isn't working as well. And let's make sure we're zeroing in on what works well. And really, I think that's a wonderful lesson for people. They need to understand that even though it's going along strong, you can't just rest on your laurels. You have to make sure that you're always looking at it from above. That's why having a coach or a partner or a mentor, somebody to help you, you know, push you a little bit and say, you know, wait a minute. And, and, because we don't always see it on our own, I think that's a really important thing. And I, it sounds like that's what you are providing for some of your clients. I mean, I do as well. I get that. But it sounds like you're bringing that to your clients and being the person that is saying, okay, wait a minute, you're moving in this direction. Let's back up a little bit and let's talk about that. And that's so important. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes a world of difference. And uh, because you can't, I've had I've always like believed this idea of going out and seeking learning and seeing learning from other people and figuring out what's what, what I'm what I what do I not know that I don't know <laughs> like right. um, and from doing that it's definitely has helped but yeah the the coaching and getting insights and getting mentored um, has been a huge part of that um, yeah. and I I'm a avid podcast listener as well so I consume podcasts and audiobooks. Um, from folks in yes. take part in masterminds that can really, you know, guide me. And, uh, and, and I'm, with the masterminds, I always look at it like this. I need to be, if I become what I feel, if I come to the point where I feel like I'm one of the smartest person in that room, I, I, I leave and go find a room where I have more people who are smarter than me and grateful I'm part of a group right now that these guys are all smarter than me and I'm learning from them every single week. And it fuels right. and pumps me and, and helps me to, to go and, you know, help me to go further. But yeah, the, the key, though, is focusing on what works. And I had to learn that the hard way for a long time. Um, don't do things that the, the platinum rule versus the golden rule. Um, I had a mentor teach me that the golden rule is you treat others the way you want to be treated. The platinum rule, you treat others the way that they want to be treated. Again, 
I, I like that. Yeah, I would like to. I, I'm a big. I love my my uh, plain vanilla ice cream, like a rich, creamy one. But some people are like, that's lame. I want a pistachio ice cream. Yeah. Well, if you like pistachio, I need to give you pistachio. Right. So don't go back try to, to the force training. them into vanilla. No, I, no. I I love that. Actually, I think I'm gonna. You know what what I do as and if anybody's listening, they know I take little bits of the podcast and put it on. You know, just put it out there so people can you know, get a taste of what we're doing so they can listen to the whole podcast. I'm definitely going to pull that. I love that. Great. <laughs> That's a great statement. So we have a couple of minutes. I want sure. you to talk a little bit about your event, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what you did, how you're doing it. Are you going to continue it? Because I was, you know, a, a small part of that. I loved it. I was shocked that it was your first year because the people that are listening to this, if they've been there, they know what I'm talking about. If they haven't been there, I've been to lots and lots of sales events, seminars, to, and, and, of course, I would do that because you asked me to, and I have a lot of respect for you, but I was blown away with how great that was on the first year. Absolutely blown away. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was fun. Uh, the Being in South Florida, you and I both know like we find there in the pandemic, there was an influx of people who came to South Florida, and a lot of companies, I think I was l- heard on the radio this week that they're saying, uh, an NPR, they were saying, like, there are 9,000 tech companies or software or, or whatever represented in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's not that all those companies are here, but they have individuals that are here working, yes. and it's like, it's fascinating. But we know Silicon Valley, you go to Texas, uh, Austin, you got New York, you got some of these bigger cities where Atlanta, where people camp out. And those areas often be a little bit more populated for the business community where they have events. And I just always felt like, you know, we should have something in our backyard. Uh, And and I'm a, I like Tony. Um, We have like, you know, folks like Tony Robbins who have his event here and it's a general business event and entrepreneurial and a little bit of mindset there, but there's not like a sales conference and I was sick and tired of always having to travel. So to do, exactly. go to those and I was like, let's do something here. So connected with some folks that I knew industry wide and they liked the idea and were willing to give a little bit of backing behind it. And um, we had a couple and we, well, we had our spot, our Scipio, um, one of our sponsors for our podcast. They oh, cool. were, um, they wanted to do something and we said, all right, we want to do this event. So they partnered with us and then got LinkedIn and reached out to my friends there. And they said, yeah, we're willing to, you know, uh, come in on this and then, uh, got another event, uh, another uh, company. So all of us came in, four of us, four, the three sponsors and my mm-hmm. and TSC, uh, so we put, uh, we're able to put the event together and pull it off. And it was a great learning experience. Um, we kept it you know, as a boutique event for first year, and we had 100 attendees uh, with uh, Zoom. There was like 120 um, altogether. Um, yeah. A lot of great learning again, a lot of great insights, a lot of feedback that we receive on what we need to do to improve. Um, but it was great. And we just wanted to provide a place where sales professionals in South Florida can come to learn just without having to spend a couple thousand dollars to travel to Atlanta or to New York or DC or Denver to go to a sales conference. And people outside of the immediate area of South Florida. I mean, when I was there, I met people from the West Coast of Mm -hmm. Florida. I met people, and you don't have to be from Florida, obviously, but people were from all over, not just South Florida. So it was really quite a dynamic event. I was, you know, almost looking around like, wow, so proud. I mean, (laughs) I met him when he was a kid. Look what he's doing, you know? So, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was really awesome. So as we're, as we're finishing up, Donald, talk a little bit about, give some takeaways for people that are listening to this, which are, you know, CEOs, entrepreneurs, sales professionals. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you would like to give them? Yeah. Um, 
the biggest takeaways that I would tell you to you know leave with or walk away from this is one: if you're a CEO, you're you know depending on the size of your size of your business, if especially if you're an SMB, very you know small company, or if you're a couple individuals, you gotta sell. I mean, you just you got to sell as a, as that leader in the organization because you're gonna be the biggest. Uh, the the best salesperson typically um, because if especially if your if it's your baby you have that CEO or the founder uh, gem founder powder so to speak you have some power that you don't that you don't tap into often and your sales team can only can't do so much as what you can and especially if you're very very beginning of your organization sometimes you try to uh, farm that out I would say you know you need to make sure you're selling um, and to to continue to bring new life and new blood into the business. Revenue is critical. Number two is going back to what we are focusing on here with Greta as well is that you got to make sure you find ways to pivot, um, pivot where it's need to be, need to. And sometimes it's hard to, to do that because again, I like my vanilla ice cream, but people like pistachio. So I got to figure out how to make pistachio and get them that because that's what my, my, my base want the people that I serve. So I got to give them what they need and what they want. Um, and then the third thing that I'll probably tell you is that you just overcome your doubts. Um, my friend has a podcast called starve the doubts, Jared Easley. And the concept behind that is just like it is starve your doubts. Sometimes we feed the wrong the wrong uh, mindset um, that, you know, this can't happen and it won't happen. People are not interested. My product's not going to sell. My business is not going to grow. You can often feed that. And if you feed that, it's going to get big. But if you feed the other one, feed your, your, your hopes, your goals, your vision, your beliefs of positive, your outcome. It's amazing what starts to happen at that point. What I mean by feeding that is, you know, keep a clear vision of that. Keep an understanding of your why. Make sure you connect with people who can help you along that path. Get mentors, um, folks like Greta to coach you and to guide you. Um, because by you doing that, it, it just makes you that much more stronger. And I'm not saying any roo-roo, rah-rah things like just magic, a hocus pocus, but it right. just, your mindset is going to be critical. So wrapping it back up, one, you got to sell. Two, make sure you change and give your customers what they want, your clientele. And then three, build that positive mindset and, uh, and yeah. starve your doubts. Things are amazing. Things are possible. I love it. That is absolutely wonderful advice. Uh, I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for taking time today. I know you're crazy busy, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to get this together. I know everybody's going to really enjoy it. One more time, Sales Evangelist. That is uh, his website. That is his podcast. And he's all over social media. So follow Donald on LinkedIn under Sales uh, Evangelist, whatever social media you use. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, yeah can Donald C. Kelly on all those platforms. Um, so you'll be Kelly. love to connect Perfect. there. And also, if you're listening to Greta's podcast here, um, I know she's probably going to say this, and her marketing team's going to say it. I it, it just sometimes come from someone outside to do it. I'm a podcaster myself, and one of the most important things that I get is when someone take an episode and share it with someone else. Or they leave a review telling me how they like it because we don't get a chance to talk to you all the great time. Great idea. So please, yeah. if you want to give Greta a great holiday gift, a great New Year's gift, a great birthday gift, <laughs> just a gift to pay her back, leave a review and share Very this nice. podcast with somebody else. 
from a professional yeah. podcaster. Yeah. Know it works. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hang Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being a mentor. Thanks for guiding and all your counsel. Appreciate you. Oh, and, and yours. It's enjoyable watching you. Bye-bye. Anytime.